Let's continue with our daily Bible reading on this Friday as we come to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Now, here you're going to see something that's very, very familiar to you because we've already read about this in Exodus as it actually happens, as God brings the children of Israel out of Egypt, he brings them through the Red Sea, he destroys Pharaoh's army, they go into the wilderness, and what does God do? He takes them to Mount Sinai and he establishes a covenant with them. Well, now we're going to hear Moses telling them after this event has happened later on down the, down the road, reminding them again of this covenant that God made with them uh, in the Ten Commandments. So if you look at Exodus chapter 20, you'll find the, the historical account of that, whereas here in Deuteronomy chapter 5, Moses is reminding of them again, kind of like we do in Sunday school class when we teach the Ten Commandments to the children. We say, hey, Moses took them, and he went up on the mountain, God gave the Ten Commandments, he brought it down to them, so Moses is going to remind them of that, just as we do. The Ten Commandments are still God's covenant with us. They're, they're the way that, that God says, I'm, I'm your God, I want to protect you, I want to be with you, uh, but this is what you need to do. Uh, any Some other gods are going to try to uh, break in in your life and, and become your God to you. Jesus even said, you can't serve both God and money. You can only, you know, you're either going to love the one and hate the other, or hate the one and love the other. Um, here's this relationship with God. And then, if you're going to live with each other, here's the relationship you have to have with each other. And we'll talk about that in just a second as you look at the Ten Commandments. But let's look at the context of them. Oftentimes, we think of the Ten Commandments as, you know, on a plaque on the wall, and this is what you can't do, and this is what you should do, you know, kind of thing. Well, there's a whole lot of history behind that. I'm a parent, and, and I did the same thing for my children. I said, this is what you got to do. you got to follow my ways. Um, why? Because I love them, because I wanted to put boundaries around them. I wanted to protect them from going astray and, and things that would eventually hurt them. And here God's doing the same thing. So he starts out, again, he wants us to open our ears. Think of the ministry of Jesus. How many times did Jesus teach? And he'd say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Uh, blessed are those who hear the word of God. We read in Luke eleven twenty eight. It's the it's the Bible passage for us at St. Paul uh, that we got from St. John's, our mother congregation. So blessed are those who hear the word of God and do what with it? Not forget it, not put it aside, but keep it, treasure it, live it, honor it. And so God says the same thing here. Hear, O Israel, the statutes and rules that I give you. Remember, statutes mean something that stands and lasts forever. Rules are directions and guidelines. We say to God, what should I do? What shouldn't I do? And God says, I'm glad to tell you. I love you. I want to give you that. So he does. And verse 2 reiterates the fact that this is a covenant. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. Remember, Horeb is another name for Sinai, so Mount Sinai, in that, and then kind of in that whole um, area around the, the Sinai Peninsula where uh, Mount Sinai is at. But this is a covenant that God made with his people, an agreement out of love for them. And we're going to see that as we begin the Ten Commandments. So notice in verse 5, we're reminded again that this side of heaven, there's always has to be a go-between between us and God. We can't get to God on our own. God provided a go-between in Moses. So verse 5 says, they said, uh, Moses says, while I stood between the Lord and you at this time, Moses uh, became that go-between, but, but Moses is a human being. Only someone who is perfect could truly open the way to God for us and make a way for us to get to God. And of course, you know who I'm pointing to. I'm pointing to Jesus Christ. He's that go-between between us and God. Think of Christ hanging on that cross 
between us and God, and, and he's hanging there to bridge the gap between us and God. He's there to, to pay the punishment that a just God requires, but he's there to rise from the dead and to make a way for us to God. That's why the veil of the curtain on Good Friday after Jesus dies is torn in half in the temple. Now, now we have a way to God. You and I can go uh, to God through Jesus Christ. So look again how he starts the commandments. He says, verse 6, I am the Lord your God. Now, every phrase there is loaded with meaning. I am. He isn't. He was God. He is the ever-present God. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. The Lord is that covenant name of God. It's the name that God gave to Moses when God says, what name should I say? What name should I call you? And he says, I am who I am. It's I am who I am, ever-present God. Your powerful pronoun, it isn't just any God. He is your God. He's possessive. My, my, my children could say, I am, I am their parents. And I say, I'm your father. There's something powerful in that. And then, of course, God being that Elohim God in the beginning, God always there with us, the all-powerful God who speaks things into existence. All of those are there right there. That's how God begins the commandments. And then he reminds them of how he saved them, how he redeemed them, how he brought them out of the land of Egypt and slavery. Remember, I've told you, I said that that coming out of Egypt, God bringing them out of Egypt is the salvation event of the Old Testament. It's brought up time and time and time again to remind them, this is how much God loved you. It's kind of like us hearing John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son. So the salvation event for us is the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why you hear about it and ought to hear about it every single Sunday. It's brought up again and again to remind us how much God loves us. Because you know what the devil's doing? He's constantly trying to get us to think that God really doesn't love us, that God's forgotten us, he doesn't care about us, he's angry about our sin, he's going to take it out on us. Lie, lie, lie. We need to be reminded of that all the time. Then God sets up the covenant in his relationship with, in their relationship with God. Don't follow any other gods. Don't take my name in vain. Remember who I am. And remember the Sabbath day so that you can. We'll look at the words so that you can remember how God made the world in six days and he rested on the Sabbath. And then also verse 15, again, reminding them of the salvation event. So on the Sabbath day, on, on Sunday, we need to remember how God saved us. He brought you out of the land of Egypt, and, and he brought you uh, out with, a, with a, a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. We do that every Sunday as we remind you about how Jesus died and rose for you. Then it talks about our relationship with people, starting out with family, honoring your mother and father and other authorities, then protecting life, don't murder, then protecting marriage, don't commit adultery, then protecting property. We're stewards of what God has given to us. Every single person has been stewarded with that. Um, don't lie. Make your words be true, because when lies are out there, um, it destroys us and relationships. And finally, the last of the commandments that doesn't talk about an action, but talks about what's going on in our hearts and where we're at in not coveting, which only leads us to uh, to do what's wrong, uh, comes out of the heart, and then leads us to be content. And God wrote them, verse 22 says, he wrote them on two tablets of stone and gave them. We've always seen it that way. That's biblical. And then um, they're reminded again in verse 24 that this is the day we have seen God speak with man and man could still live. Remember back a couple chapters ago, the other nations are going to say, who has a God like our God 
who is willing to speak to us, who came to this world on our behalf in Jesus Christ, um, who died for us, who rose from the dead and saved us. No one. And why does God want us to do that? Verse 29 says, he says, I pray that they would have such a mind as this always to fear me and to keep all my commandments. Why? That it may go well with them and with their descendants forever. That's what God wants for us. That's what, how he wants to bless us. And then verse 33 says, you shall walk in the way that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and it might go well with you. So different than, hey, I give you these commandments because I'm greater than you and I'm a bully and I want to take it out on you. No, this is a God who truly loves us. So God bless you as you continue uh, to read.